0: Hello, I'm Elliot Knight, director of the Alabama State Council on the Arts. Welcome to Alabama Arts Radio. Each week, council staff will introduce you to exceptional artists and special people who make the arts happen in Alabama. Alabama Arts Radio features the visual, performing, literary, and folk arts that contribute to our state's rich cultural heritage. Join us each Wednesday.
1: Deb Boykin with the Alabama State Council on the Arts, and today we're talking with Reed Watson. Reed is a drummer and also the label manager at Single Walk Records in Florence. Welcome, Reed.
0: Thank you, Deb. It's really great to be here and just happy to talk to you today. Oh,
1: always happy to talk with you. Tell us a little bit about your background as a musician. How did you get into drumming and music and so forth?
0: Uh, it's just something I always love to do, you know? I, um, I grew up in Tuscaloosa, and I was very lucky to have parents who wouldn't mind me having a drum set in my room in a one-story house. They put up with me bashing away at of every single day after school, and, you know, uh, I just sort of kept with it and kept playing, and that was, you know, met a lot of friends through music, and all through my time at the University of Alabama, I played music, and then, it informed my move to the Shoals area in 2011. I think art is just something you are born loving. And it's just something I always wanted to do. And I'm very lucky that people employ me to play music and, and go out on the road and tour, but even if they didn't, I'd still be playing.
1: The thing about being a drummer is if you're gonna do it, it forces you to play with other people.
0: Music is conversation, basically. I I love the fact that it's a conversation I can have with anybody anywhere in the world. You know, music is is a universal language and that's a beautiful thing. And and nothing I love more in this world than getting on stage with other people and and creating something out of thin air. it's something about our shared humanity that I really appreciate. And I hope that I can keep doing it as long as possible. Uh, oh, it really yeah. is it's something that brings a lot of joy to me.
1: It's so gratifying to play with other musicians. It, it's really good to play with folks who are going at a high level because it makes makes everybody else better.
0: You know, when I moved to the Shoals area, I had to step it up. Yeah. Um, I mean the the level of musicianship just amongst your average Joe Blow musician in, in Florence, Muscle Shoals is just out of this world and. I really had to, I had to get better and, and improve and bring my A game, you know, even to little jam sessions and things like that. It really made me a better player to be around that caliber of musician. So absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's something great about Alabama music is that, you know, if you're in your thirties and you're playing in Alabama, you know, you've, you've survived a lot. You've broken through to that next level. And, and I, I put our caliber of musicians up against any, anywhere in the world. I think we really have great people here.
1: We really do. For folks who may not follow music as closely as you and I do, mention some of the folks who are Alabama musicians that you're thinking of.
0: When I talk about like the people that I was playing with when I moved to the Shoals, I think about guys like David Hood, a you know, bass player in the Muscle Shoals rhythm section, a guy that played on countless recordings that we all know and love from Aretha Franklin to Paul Simon. I think about Spooner Oldham, keyboard player that has appeared on so many records you honestly can barely fathom that it's even possible to play on that many records and every time i talk to spooner i find out some new thing he played on that i didn't know about before and you know guys like that and then i also think about like friends of mine like the alabama shakes you know people that sort of came seemingly out of nowhere and became worldwide sensations or People on our label, like Saint Paul and the Broken Bones, you know, those kind of bands, and 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 all of the local musicians in the Shoals area, and we are we are so fortunate to live in a place with that much cultural vibrancy, and it's it's really a beautiful thing. The history of the state and its music goes from, you know, Nat King Cole to Hank Williams to people now. I mean, like, like Waxahachie, like artists like that, that are really. I mean, people would be. Now, I think even surprised to find out they're from Alabama. That's a really great thing. Our musical heritage is something to be very
1: proud of. It really is. And one of the things that has always fascinated me about the shows is that people like David Hood and Spooner Oldham are so generous with their time and so inclusive. You better be batting at a pretty high level to get in that game, but they are patient and they are willing to bring other people in.
0: Absolutely. I've played in many sessions with those two. And, you know, it's like, which one of these is not like the other? You know what I mean? I mean, like, (laughs) like, come on. like, I have no business being in those rooms, but, you know, that's the culture we have in the state. It's an open, giving, inviting culture. And I think that makes everyone better. You know, I mean david's played on a lot of records that we've put out by people that are half his age and i mean that's that's something that he thrives on yeah and the people that are on those records playing with him they learn something from him so in a way he's he's giving his knowledge and his experience away what more can you ask of someone like that i mean that that kind of that kind of spirit should
1: be saluted Absolutely. You know, it, it's pretty much like the folk process where people talk about traditional musicians learning to play within the family or, you know, sitting on the front porch learning to play. It's really the same thing in the Shoals.
0: Yes, it is. And that's that, that was what originally drew me to the area. That's why I love it. That's why I think with Single Lock, we've been able to sort of take that spirit and tell the world about it in a new way. And I think that's why people appreciate it so much. It's because they feel like they are a part of that community too. Whenever they buy a record or listen to something that we put out online or wear a t-shirt or whatever, they feel like they're a part of that community and that spirit as well. So that's a big deal.
1: Very much so. I have to admit to being a big fan of Single Lock and the work that y'all do. Tell our listeners a little bit about that label and what your goals and your, your mission is.
0: Sure, so Single Lot, we're about seven years old now. We were started by John Paul White, who's a singer-songwriter in the Shells area. He was in a group called The Civil Wars that got moderately popular, I guess you would say. (laughs) And then uh, Ben Tanner, uh, who is a producer engineer on most of our records, he had a stint in the Alabama Shakes. They got moderately popular, I'd say. And then Will Trapp, a a local businessman in the Shells area who appreciated and understood what the area had to offer, and was willing to get behind and help a bunch of musicians at the business side of things. I got involved not very long after that. And, you know, we're a company who started sort of like an artist co-op in a lot of ways. You know, it was like very simple. We have local bands here in the Shoals area. They don't have enough money to make a good record. We know how to make good records. If we give them a little money and bring them in the studio and we sell, you know, this many CDs, then we'll make some money back, we'll split it 50-50, and they made a good record and we get to keep going on. It wasn't really ever thought or intended to be what it is now, and that is a a music company with records that are distributed all over the world. That all changed with our third record, which was the first St. Paul and the Broken Bones record. Mm. And that was a runaway success that pretty much forced Single Lock to, for lack of a better term, grow up. It really forced us to sort of recognized that we were sitting on something that the world was very much interested in and that we needed to play the part and get up there and give it to people. And so ever since then, you know, we've we've been slowly but surely chipping away at that and learning how to do our job better. Next year, we will release our 50th record. We just signed a new distribution deal. We had our first Grammy nomination a couple of years ago with Cedric Burnside's last record. He'll put a new one out next year we really have taken to heart and taken very seriously the fact that we represent Southern music that is sort of post-genre in a way. I think Americans look at the South and they expect it to be rap music or country music. And that's ignoring a really, really wide variety of challenging, exciting, interesting art. And we consider it our responsibility to not only bring that art to the world, but help people understand why it matters and why this is stuff that can enrich your life and bring you joy. I really do think that art, specifically music, is a way that we can all understand each other better. It's a way we can communicate to each other better. And, you know, I I think we are in need of community right now, badly. And and I feel very, very strongly about Single Lock's role putting art out into the world in a way that invites them into the conversation and helps them understand this part of the country in a way they may not have understood it before. So, you know, that's pretty much it. We went from a very simple artist co-op to what it is now. And that is a full-time job for three people and, you know, a, 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 a record label that people know and care about and, and, I could not be happier and luckier to be involved in.
1: You're playing a major role in introducing people to, to music that they wouldn't necessarily hear from another label or in other ways. I mean, Cedric Burnside springs to mind. He's one of my favorites of your artists because when I worked in Mississippi, I used to hear his grandfather, R.L. Burnside, who is one of the main influences on Mississippi Hill Country Blues, which is a very specific style that's different from Delta. And Cedric incorporates a lot of that into what he's doing now.
0: Cedric's a really good example of that. You know how much I love Cedric. I play drums for him. I, I tour the world with him. He is one of my best friends. And, you know, Cedric, it's amazing to consider that when we picked up Cedric and got him involved with Single Lock, he could not find a home for his new record. He He was looking for a record deal, and he couldn't find anybody that really wanted to do anything with it or knew how to do anything with it, which was astonishing to me as someone who like you, you know, have, had that experience with his grandfather and with Junior Kimbrough and, like, all of yeah. that music of that region. was so rich and, and wonderful and and a big deal to me personally, and I know to you personally, too, you know? And, like, how could Cedric Burnside not have a label want to put his record out? Yeah. And, you know, it, it blew my mind, and it was just like, this is, this is exactly why Single Lock exists. There is world-changing very, very vital, important music that's just sitting in our part of the world. And people need to know about it. It's a public service. I really think of my job that way. And, you know, I mean, they missed out on Cedric because Cedric got nominated for a Grammy. You know? I mean, like, (laughs) I I guess people did want to hear his record, you know? So, I mean, I don't know why
1: anybody wouldn't.
0: Yeah, and well, wait till you hear his new one. Um, oh boy! We just I'm finished excited. Recording that one, so really, really excited about that one. But, I'm
1: excited. You know, to I mean, it's there. just
0: like that's that's sort of the thing, right? You know, I think yeah. a lot of times, and I, I, I'd be willing to bet you, I know you have a heart for what I'm about to say. I know that you get this. A lot of times, art that is not as commercially viable, supposedly, as other forms of art, they it gets ignored. It gets right. pushed to the side. It gets pushed into the fringe. I don't think that, number one, I don't think that has anything to do with the value of that art whatsoever.
1: Or I the think quality. art is inherently
0: valuable all the time. It, or the quality. And two, I think that's a disservice because I think it limits people in what they enjoy. I think assuming that people won't like something just because it's not currently... At the top of whatever chart you pay attention to is really selling people
1: short. Well let's let us let them hear some now. Here's Cedric Burnside performing We Made It from his Grammy nominated record Benton I've been, County Relic. i No matter,
0: no matter how low I go. Who
1: can I don't remember the days, y'all All we had, all we had to eat was right
0: to take things that we think the world would love and give it a shot because we think our strength is sort of in the fringe and in the margins and that's yeah. what we try to do
1: one of the other things that you have done at single lock is work with some older artists and i'm thinking in particular about the late donnie fritt yep. he had yep. two beautiful releases on single lock
0: well i appreciate you saying that i appreciate that so much donnie was one of my best friends You know, I think that's a testament to the musical community and the Shoals. I think that's why that area is so special is because like, you know, I'm 35 years old. Donnie was much older than 35. Yeah. (laughs) I assure you. And for, for, for me and him to be, I mean, not like work friends, we were buddies and for us to have that relationship, you know, that's something that music and, and art can provide. That's, that's a way that people can connect over something and, That's where we found our common ground. We loved the same music. We talked about a lot of the same things. And again, Donnie is the kind of guy. He's like a gravelly Randy Newman type. He's not going to be number one on Billboard anytime soon. But there are people in the world, lots of people in the world, that understand why he's valuable and are moved by his music. I think his songwriting is second to none. Oh,
1: gosh. And
0: he deserved to be to be held up as an example of, you know, this is some of the best the South has to offer. And I was so proud to be able to do that. And I was also proud to be able to put him in the studio with younger musicians who could bring different kind of ideas and different perspectives to it. And just watch all of that meld into what I, I agree with you are two, beautiful records. The first one he did for us, Oh My Goodness, that's my favorite thing Single Lock has ever put out.
1: Here's Donnie Fritz with a song he wrote. Them old love songs from Oh My Goodness.
0: Just Dixie roll My only Levi's dragon tracks Nobody cares about where I'm going
1: for all they know. Let's talk just a little about something else that Single Lock is trying to do because the pandemic has hit the musical community hard and y'all are trying to alleviate that in a way, aren't you?
0: We are. So when COVID happened, when it really started, when when we knew things were about to get bad, Cedric and I were on tour in Australia. I don't know if you could feel any further from home anywhere in the world. I mean, you're a 16-hour plane ride from California. And we, we had our tour cut in half basically and canceled midway through. And so we got on a plane immediately and came home. Um When we flew into Los Angeles, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. When we flew into Los Angeles, I remember flying over the freeways and they were empty. And I looked at Cedric and I said, this thing is going to last for a long time. This is going to change our lives. And, and it was very obvious this was different. And we, we had not grasped quite yet how serious this whole thing was and you know as months went on i kind of stayed on these conference calls with managers and booking agents where everybody would push all of their tours and release dates a month to try to outlast the pandemic or whatever and after a couple of times it became obvious how foolish all that was just like y'all this is not going to be a two or three month thing this is gonna be like a year at least and we gotta settle in and figure it out. But the thing that became very obvious is that, you know, a musician in the year 2020 derives almost all of their income from touring. Streaming does not pay the bills. Publishing barely pays anything or pay, pays any of the bills. The economics of the music business are changing. And when you have that happening and a pandemic, a lot of people get, you know, they fall through the cracks. And so we started to recognize and see that there were musicians that were that were struggling. You know, unemployment at that moment was very, very complicated and difficult to get through. There was just a lot of stuff. I think everybody could agree, no matter where you stand politically, that our country was not prepared for a pandemic. How could you be? And so here we are, you know, and still to this day, there hasn't been help that's been specifically targeted at the arts and and, and music community. And I know Just through our work at Singalock, how many people around the world care about the arts and the music community, specifically in the state of Alabama? And so we just set up a fund, called it the Advocacy Fund for Alabama Musicians. And we said, if you want to give some money, we are going to make sure this money gets to musicians in Alabama that have a need. And so we just started, we started collecting the Muscle Shells Music Foundation. Basically, they became our fiscal sponsor which gave us access to 501c3 status, which helped us take donations and, and be legit and get all of that together. And we started taking applications from artists for help. And to date, we've given out about $18,000 in relief grants. There are no strings attached. We don't require anything from the artists. We don't make them get online and say, hey, I'm poor and I got this you know, grant from this fund. You know, That's how we do things in Alabama. People care for others. We needed to care for our artists, and that was something we wanted to do. And, you know, I think we help people knock out a bill or two or, you know, get a two or three weeks worth of groceries or anything like that. And we we still take donations, and we still, when we reach certain plateaus, we still write new checks and, and fill more grants. There's a long list of grants that are waiting to be filled. So if you're out there listening and you're interested in donating to it, you can go to afamalabama.org and our donating is very, very easy. And if you are a musician out there and you want to apply for one, that can be done at the website too. That's afamalabama.org. Yeah. Thanks for asking me about it, Deb.
1: We need to keep working musicians work and
0: that's it. You know, um, it's sad to see so many people just stuck at home. Yeah. And I think musicians, stage crew, you know, everybody involved in the live music industry, we will be the last people back to work. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. So if you value that stuff in your life, and a lot of people do, you know, here's a way you can put some money in the kitty and help someone else.
1: That's a good question. Does that does that cover backline people like stage crew and sound people and that sort of thing? Yes. Good deal. Yeah, if that's you have, great if to you know. have any,
0: If you have any affiliation with the Alabama music industry in any way, All we ask is that you tell us what that is, and we're generous with that because, I mean, the Alabama music economy is a lot stronger than people think it is. There's a lot of money that flows through the state, specifically around live music, recording studios, songwriting, and, you know, even record stores in our state. There's a very strong music community, and money is a part of that, too, and try to revitalize a town in Alabama without a music venue good luck. The new Birmingham, the new Huntsville, the new Florence, all these new places, you're going to see a good venue there because people desire that in their lives. And you know, if you don't want to know what it's like to live in a world without that, then now is the time to find someone you care about and support them, whether that's giving to our fund or buying an actual record from them, whatever it is, because the roots of all this stuff run very deep. If you're out there and you're interested in what we do, Uh, singlelock.com and then if you're interested in the fund you can link to the fund through singlelock.com or you can go directly to afamalabama.org and uh, we'll be waiting for you
1: thanks reed and we'll talk to you again soon i hope
0: you got it deb it's been a pleasure
1: i'm deb boykin (laughs) for the alabama state council on the art This week on Alabama Arts, Deb Boykin talks with Reed Watson. Reed is a musician and label manager at Single Lock Records in Florence.
0: Music is conversation, basically. I love the fact that it's a conversation I can have with anybody anywhere in the world. You know, music is is a universal language and that's a beautiful thing and, and nothing I love more in this world than getting on stage with other people and and creating something out of thin air.
1: That's Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central on Troy Public Radio. Tonight on Alabama Arts, Deb Boykin talks with Reed Watson, musician and label manager at Single Lock Records in Florence. Reed talks about his experiences as a drummer and the mission of Single Lock.
0: We we really have taken to heart and taken very seriously the fact that we represent Southern music that is sort of post-genre in a way. I think Americans look at the South and they expect it to be rap music or country music and that's ignoring a really really wide variety of challenging exciting interesting art and we consider it our responsibility to not only bring that art to the world but help people understand why it matters and why this is stuff that can enrich your life and bring you joy i really do think that art specifically music is a way that we can all understand each other better It's a way we can communicate to each other better.
1: But first, the news.